and welcome to On Focus, brought to you by the Focal Therapy Clinic, where we address issues facing men diagnosed with prostate cancer that are little known, less understood, often avoided, and too often ignored. Prostate cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer amongst men in the UK. And with this somber fact comes a multitude of challenges and opportunities. I'm Claire Delmar. Joining me today is Stuart McIntyre, Director of Marketing and Business Development at Angio Dynamics, where they're developing a new approach to focal therapy called the NanoKnife. It's currently running a clinical trial called PRESERVE, which is described as a pivotal study of the NanoKnife system for the ablation of prostate tissue in an intermediate risk patient population. And this will evaluate the use of angiodynamics nano-knife system for the ablation of prostate tissue as a focal therapy option for prostate cancer patients. Stuart's here to talk to me about how his company developed the nano-knife system and what his expectations are for its adoption. Stuart, thank you so much for joining me today. Claire, thank you for allowing me to be a part of your program. I'm glad to be here. That's a very exciting time. I mean, there, um, you know, we've talked before about the the, the increase in the range, the, the widening of the range of focal therapy. So I know nanonife is causing quite a stir. So I'm I'm keen to um I'm keen to hear from you, you know, how it how it's going. But but um as a lead-in, I'm interested in you personally and individually, because I know you trained as an engineer. So I'm just interested to know how you got involved and, and how your training as an engineer informs your work with a blade of technologies for prostate cancer. Hey, yes, and, and Claire, you know, I, I've been privileged uh, in, in my career uh, to train as an aeronautical engineer, but then also to move into the medical device space and, and apply some of that engineering uh, training to the challenges that we have as a company in, in providing treatment options for, in this case, for, for prostate cancer. And, and you can imagine, you know, any, any medical device is a function of, you know, some pretty intricate engineering and uh, using some scientific principles and, the, you know, that, that create a very particular uh, biological effect and give clinicians a tool that has some very special capabilities needed to treat in, in tissue. Yeah. So on that note, um, let me ask you how the nano knife fits into the range of ablation modalities for prostate cancer. And, and I know the technology is described as um, I-E-H in acronym form. So maybe you can open by telling us what I-E-H means and how this is actually going to drive the nanoknife's progress. We, we call it irreversible electroporation uh, in terms of the nanoknife technology. And that phrase, irreversible electroporation, mm -hmm. um, relates to a scientific phenomenon that when you pass a high voltage alternating electrical field, not an electrical current, but an electrical field, it, it agitates the electrons in that field, and those electrons create, uh, you know, they orient with the polarity of the field that's alternating at very, very high frequency. And those electrons effectively puncture the cell walls of the soft tissue inside of that field. And by puncturing the cell walls, it, 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 the cell walls can't then repair themselves, and they die a natural apoptotic cell death. And that's the effect of nanoknife, this high frequency alternating electric field that causes the soft tissue cells between the electrodes to become punctured and non-viable and therefore die. Okay. And of course, the, the, the key feature within that is other types of tissues in that space. So tissues that are rich in collagen and, and fibrin um, are not affected in the same way. So it kills the soft tissue cells without... Uh, disturbing and disrupting the underlying structure of the tissue. Okay, and so, so, nut, so nut vessels and nerve and nerve pathways are preserved 
whereas the soft tissue cells are killed. And that's the nice, uh, unique feature of irreversible electroporation. So just applying that to, to, to cancer cells or cancerous tissue, because you, you've used the phrase soft tissue. And so, I mean, these trials, this, this, this is actually a way to investigate and explore how cancer cells and cancerous tissue in particular, when it's highly targeted, is ablated, as you say, and the non-cancerous tissue is saved, which is, of course, is the whole idea of focal therapy. But how does this technology and this electric field that you're describing, how does that actually address only the cancerous tissue? Yeah, so the, the, the challenge you know, in the prostate, and it's the same with other cancerous masses say in the lung or liver or other places, mm-hmm. um, the challenge in the prostate is to destroy the cancerous cells whilst preserving the structures that are critical uh, for the, the rest of the patient's health. I. Indeed, e. indeed. In the prostate, we're talking about uh, you know, the patency of the urethra. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the uh, nerve bundles and nerve pathways that flow through uh, the prostate to uh, control, uh, you know, sphincter function mm-hmm. and erectile function, and all of these matters. And so, the 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 nano knife technology allows those structures to be preserved patent, without, uh, but while still killing the cancerous cells uh, in 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 the space. So this is the uh, unique modality of IRE. Okay. And of course, there, there are other there are other clinical concerns that all technologies have to um, uh, be be careful to avoid you know so puncturing the outer wall of of the prostate and creating injury to adjacent organs uh, and so on these are all critical things that devices have to avoid mm-hmm. uh, and of course you know each technology you know offers a particular um, utility in terms of these uh, these features and yes, uh, yes. so now life joins a group of different interventions all, having merits and to some extent demerits exactly um, in this regard. Yes, that's that's exactly my question. I mean, how would you, you know, in an ideal world where we have this kind of array or portfolio of, of various modalities to um, undertake focal therapy, how how would yours be preferable or, or, you know, more appropriate for one patient's condition than another? Yeah, look, I think the, you know, as with all these technologies, you know, technology moves very fast. And so, mm-hmm. The clinical data, you know, diligently collected and, and independently collected to understand the nuances of how one technology operates in comparison to another and therefore, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and therefore how they may impact, uh, you know, in terms of the patient choice. You know, this is the really important thing. And the PRESERVE study is a good example of a, uh, you know, of a, of a proper randomized study uh, to clinically assess uh, these technologies. In, mm-hmm. in, in this case, the, the concerns... Uh, and the endpoints of those studies are, you know, what are what is the impact on, uh, you know, the patient's uh, continence? Mm-hmm. What's the impact on the patient's sexual function? Mm-hmm. What, of course, is the impact on the tumor itself? Of so course, are you effectively yeah. are you effectively addressing the cancer? Mm-hmm. And there are secondary questions around how does the technology then impact other opportunities for care that may become necessary down the line? So mm-hmm. does it impact? the ability of the clinical team to go on to do a radical resection, for example, in the future? Does it, does it rule that out or does mm-hmm. it still enable that? Mm-hmm. And these are the types of questions that, uh, that, that these clinical studies are trying to answer. Okay, I, I want to come back to that, actually. Um, that's exactly what I want to talk about in a minute. But, but um, I want to just kind of zoom out a little bit, not to discuss not so much the technology itself, but to sort of explore with you how NanoKnife kind of fits into the whole, you know, growing array of focal therapies and what this means from a bigger picture. So, for example, do you think that by enhancing the range of focal therapy approaches that this will impact how other treatments 
and other options that are going to be taken up. And for example, do you think active surveillance will be challenged more in future simply because you have more opportunity to do focal therapy? Yeah, look, I think, you know, as a man and therefore a potential, um, you know, candidate, you know, in the future, I hope not. But, uh, you know, you know, I, I recognize that if one is diagnosed with a uh, intermediate stage cancer in the prostate mm-hmm. and, and your options are simply leave it there and hope it, you know, and preserve your sexual function and, and continence for a while and, and, and hope that it doesn't uh, get to a point that uh, it's really life threatening. You know, that may not be an attractive option if there is a therapy that uh, can allow the cancer to be addressed decisively mm-hmm. and uh, whilst retaining those important life features uh, without removing the possibility of the treatment in the future. And I think, I think our hope for NanoKnife, based on the data that's coming from you know, centers that have been using it and their reports, um, is that it potentially gives that prospect. And, and therefore, you know, I envisage you know, NanoKnife and, uh, and other technologies that will come forward, I'm sure, to offer similar features, um, will start to provide patients an alternative to the sort of active surveillance watch and wait, mm-hmm. i.e., let's not um, radically resect today because, you know, prostate cancer does tend to be slow growing. And, and therefore, you know, if we don't do anything today, it may take a long time before it becomes life-threatening and, you know, and, and, and why subject yourself to the unpleasant side effects of some mm-hmm. intervention now mm-hmm. um, when you may not need to. And I think it's in the context of that sort of patient thought process mm-hmm. that these that these technologies play, I, I think, will play an increasingly relevant role as mm-hmm. creating perhaps an early option mm-hmm. to address the disease without removing the option of more aggressive treatment in the future. Mm-hmm. I know that I, as a man, certainly in such a situation, you know, would want to have something done uh, Mm -hmm. if I was Mm -hmm. diagnosed with an early stage disease that could have something done with it that didn't have catastrophic life consequences. Indeed, indeed. um, Indeed. So, I mean, what's interesting about, you know, having more options just within focal therapy itself is, you know, I often think of focal therapy as, um, you know, the ultimate personalized treatment because it's so focused on you know, based on all the the, the targeted imaging and the, the targeted biopsying and the targeted histology that we know exactly what we're going for. And of course, every man is different than between themselves. So I guess one of my questions is, as we learn more about these different focal therapy approaches, you know, whether it's HIFU or cryotherapy um, or your water vapor therapy or, or your approach, do you think this will have an impact on patients seeing that this can become more personalized and, and that some modalities might even be preferable for individual patient circumstances. Look, I think personal personal care and, and personalized care is an aspiration in many fields of medicine. And I think, you know, it, it, I, I'm sure clinicians will agree that the most important thing with any um, diagnosis is to understand the unique fe- features of the particular biology that your particular disease presents. You know, mm-hmm. so some cancers present as highly aggressive and requiring very urgent and very radical intervention straight mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that and being able to choose that uh, care pathway that is personal to that particular biology of that particular uh, tumor is really important. And mm-hmm. so as we get into more uh, analysis of genomics and, uh, and detailed um, you know, disease characterization, the more we're going to be able to get into treatment pathways that are personal and, and, and personalized to the mm-hmm 
with the patient. Mm-hmm. And, and, and coming back to that reality, then the range of tools and options and treatment uh, options available to uh, apply the very best treatment to that very personal situation becomes important. And, and, and I come back to Nanonife and say, well, look, you know, here is a technology with some very specific um, features mm-hmm. that for certain patients with certain um, uh, conditions in their life and, and status of their disease may may therefore be a, a very welcome option indeed uh, in comparison to other into other uh, treatments that are available mm-hmm. so so on that point let's let's go back to the preserve trial and maybe you can tell us a little bit about um how how this trial is progressing what what are you what are the early indications and and what do you foresee you know we've just uh, recruited the first patients into into the preserve study in the us and uh, you know that study will recruit over the coming uh, months, uh, and inexorably move to then analysis and reporting on the uh, on the outcomes. It's important to note that you know Preserve comes on the back of uh, you know quite a long uh, series of single center um, experience and data, mm-hmm. uh, both in the UK, in Germany, in France, uh, and in the US, also in Australia where those single centers have reported very, uh, you know, very interesting outcomes. You know, you mm-hmm. don't go into these more structural studies without first having um, some good early indication that mm-hmm. there is genuine potential in the technology. Yes. Um, so, you know, we're, you know, we're hopeful that, um, you know, these more sophisticated trials will produce the definitive data that will position this technology within the scheme of care options for prostate cancer patients. And, uh, you know, and hopefully give uh, you know active men with an intermediate stage cancer a, a real opportunity to address their disease without you know some of the implications of today's technologies on their uh, on key factors in their lives. And what sort of time frame are you looking at for for this um, more definitive data to to be produced? Yeah. So I think Preserve will report in the course of the next eighteen months mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the recruitment analysis and and the initial report. So we expect some out you know some definitive outcomes from there in that time frame, and you know and there are a number of uh, other trials beginning to be to be structured and schemed in the UK, uh, both in terms of treatment registries uh, and in terms of um, you know again more prospective randomised studies that uh, centres in the UK are also. Uh, now working on and uh, planning to proceed with. Okay. So I think the picture of data of, of quality evidence over the next two and three years uh, for this therapy will become you know increasingly populated, and um, you know and uh, and I imagine the treatment will become more widely available. Very good. Well, we will look forward to hearing how that that progresses. And um, I'd like to thank you very much, Stuart, for joining me today. It's been really interesting to hear about what you've been up to. No, my pleasure, Claire. My pleasure. A transcript of this interview and links to more information about NanoKnife and the Preserve trial are available in the program notes on our website, along with further information on diagnostics and treatment for prostate cancer and additional interviews and stories about living with prostate cancer. Please visit www.thefocaltherapyclinic.co.uk and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Focal Therapy Clinic. Thanks for listening. And for me, Claire Delmar, see you next time.